This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, D are bonkers brilliant then baffling as it's bye-bye Boyer, and surprise Saint Slip leaves United in a sweat. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duffy and podcasting alongside me this week are George Cran. Hello. Graham Finnan. Hello everyone. And back from his car trouble, Alan Temple. Just the £400 lighter as well. <laughs> <laughs> well. I was wondering if you just didn't plug it in, but obviously it was worse than that. Oh, it was much worse than that, but hey, let's move on to more positive things, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah... George, that is the question. What? What on earth? What's happening at Dundee now? It's, things were going well. Things were going swimmingly. It's, <laughs> For two days. They needed to turn that back. club record, two yeah, days exactly. of calm. Needed to go get straight back into the banter era. Um, For those who have been on yeah. the moon, an amazing clinching of the title with a 5-3 victory that mm-hmm. had everybody euphoric. And then, this week, triumphant manager of the year, Gary Boer, <laughs> is binned. <laughs> Literally an hour, hour after uh, the announcement, he he was getting, he'd received the manager of the year award. He was uh, announced as departing because um, I think the line was, well, everybody has has to be aligned. I think was off the top of my head was what John Nelm said. So I guess. Gary Boyer wasn't So was he aligned. sitting behind his desk with a trophy they took the picture and said right thanks bye up you get and go not quite the picture was taken on Tuesday um, it's it's yeah timing is possibly the, <laughs> the worst ever yeah as they say in comedy timing is yeah everything yeah and uh, yeah that's just Possibly the worst time ever, I think, to announce your manager's leaving, but only Dundee. Yep. Um, is that a thing about it? Uh, not, not every club, because football is a crazy business, but Dundee are w- one of the clubs that they get away with these things without a huge expression of shock, because <laughs> they do that's what time. happens at Dundee. <laughs> I know, you, you must have thought when you retired that Dundee would be nice and calm, after all the, the era of the, the Stefano and all that sort of stuff, and crazy stuff would no, it's not just, quite it's happen, just different kinds of chaos the key, yeah. they, they, sometimes they even invent well in this case the hub they've almost invented a way to be chaotic <laughs> um, so yeah it's it's been I was looking forward to quite a, a nice quiet week this week and just work away in little things and then suddenly Dundee <laughs> yeah there's an eruption <laughs> and I, Bear I'll bring you in here I mean, sometimes, sometimes things things don't work out overall, and there are things go on behind the scenes, which is why Dundee have made it quite clear and with total clarity have said they need someone more aligned. What on earth is that? I mean? don't know. What does I, that I mean? really, really don't know, Tom. I mean, it must have went through their 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 uh, 
PR team as well, the media team. We've got a fire in the cabinet. Completely, it's a bland statement. Completely bamboozled by that. It's a way to. It's, it's a way to sound like you're saying something while saying nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those. It's, it's, it's straight from John Nelms. Maybe, maybe they've done the, done the job yeah. and they just confuse everybody. What they're actually? What are they talking about? I mean, us, I mean, this was meant to be the, a party episode today, Tarman. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I mean they, it's just another they, Dundee they, episode. They say, they say a week's a long time in politics. Seeing football, it's an eternity, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's from, Friday night seems a million yeah, miles away now, the way things have panned out. But I saw one of the headlines today, shock exit for Boyer, but it wasn't really a shock. I mean, no. there was wind of this maybe... A, a good, few a good weeks ago, yeah. it was yeah. a few weeks now, probably a month or so ago, that this was going to happen. And there may be various reasons for it, but the fact that none of that actually come out and really explain what those reasons are suggests that it's not really been that amicable, Tom. So, no, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's talk coming out that they weren't speaking. There mm-hmm. was the again, uh, you, you're, you're ruled by the broadcaster, but last Friday night, you didn't see any hugging. Between Boyer <laughs> and Tim Keyes, who was there, yeah. and John Nelms and uh, Gordon Strachan, the uh, the man who will appoint a new manager effectively, he wasn't down on the pitch hugging Boyer either. So you see that, and then uh, I must admit, I was I was in t- I was in town on Sunday morning with my usual finger on the pulse. I went, oh, something's going on at the city square. I went, oh, <laughs> oh, it's, it's Dundee. I'm away home. Yeah. Um, but uh, then I heard later in the day that John Nelms had made a speech, which which is quite right, and was full full of praise for everyone except Gary Boyer during the yes, civic was, reception. Yeah, he was, wasn't mentioned. Yep. And uh, then uh, that's when everybody everybody said, "Oh, uh, he, well, he uh, wasn't mentioned by name on when uh, we managed to get a hold of John Nelms in the in the tunnel." Uh, Alan Patula managed to from the Scotsman managed to grab him as we were talking to Boyer and then I jumped in and he was very happy obviously that his team had just won the league but when this asked, will be Patullo <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, when Nelms was asked if, if Gary Boyer would still be the manager next season he avoided it and didn't say his name and then he was asked again and again he said we'll enjoy this weekend and then we'll look to next week and, and see where we're going obviously they're going somewhere without Gary Boyer um, but for Gary Boyer there was obviously done the interview about missing his family and all that sort of stuff and there was the Blackpool link which that's the first time I've seen Gary Boyer actually emotional uh, uh, yeah. he, his voice was breaking himself, yeah. so there is obviously a real as, yeah. as there would be but it's the first time you've actually seen him in an interview uh, where his voice was breaking slightly so yeah so there was speculation that, that yeah. obviously that he wanted mm-hmm. to go but it was certainly a surprise to him he was um, well he was due to meet me and a couple of other guys from the local press yesterday afternoon which obviously didn't happen because he was no longer the <laughs> Dundee manager at that point because um, you're all hard and so <laughs> so like, yeah. the king is dead off you go yeah. no I'm not asking no, no. you it would have been a hell of a press conference yeah. if it's still done it's it. still I'm, a garden yeah. I remember in a, in a yeah. previous life um, we once had a press conference organised with Pat Fenlon at, at Hibs uh-huh. and he walked in and just prior to that, about two minutes prior to him walking in, we got handed a press release saying he'd been sacked and Pat still came in and did the press. Did he? Which oh. I've, I've always oh. had... He wasn't a very good Hibs manager yeah. and was, a, was a, a bit grumpy at times, but I've always had respect for that. I thought that was a cracking thing to do. Yeah. When, one of the first times I've ever seen. That would have been, it's been great if Gary had just done <laughs> Just come and chat to me anyway, I'll tell you. The, the only time anything like that's ever happened to me was when Ivan Golak got sacked from Dundee United. <laughs> And the next thing we got, 
we got the all the local press got a message from him saying, "Come down to the house." Tremendous. So so we came down to the house and it was only it was only about half past ten in the morning and we were all driving and he, he opened the bottle of wine and then <laughs> insisted that we toast his time yes. at United. Yeah. Uh, but what made it even more bizarre? He stayed in a clubhouse, <laughs> so he was actually still on club premises. Technically, <laughs> it was just bizarre. But no, I normally understandably. Yeah. Managers just head for the hills yeah. once they're once it's gone. They've, they're also if it, if they're emotional at the time, ah. they don't want to say anything because they've still got to work out their severance yeah. package. He's, and he's, stuff funda- like that. he's fundamentally done his job, hasn't he? Has, yeah. has, yeah. He, he leaves yeah. with it with his CV and you know CV, CV looks yeah. looks pretty good, I think. To be honest, I mean he's he's come in first season in Scottish football. He's won the league. He's won Manager of the Year. Um, he's not really been able to sign anybody. For, yeah. Um, For all my complaints as well, he's actually it, ended up in a decent kind of championship winning record. Mm-hmm. He hasn't particularly, you're looking at don't lose any more than... Many games at seven. It's only seven games, yeah. so that's the teams... teams you've got to say as well... Can yeah, win the league with that. you got to say as well, mm-hmm. you, you look at the Cups, the, the, the lost to Rangers, uh, Ibrox narrowly, 1-0 yeah. I think it was, they lost on penalties to St Mirren in, in the Scottish Cup, so... Yeah, I mean, it's, there's not been too many real hiccups. There has been a couple of blips, but in general, his, his stock is quite high, which is obviously good for him because I'm pretty certain, although he is now out of work, he won't be out of work for too long. No, no I, you, you would think he'll be in a job by the start of next season, whether it's Blackpool or anything else. One, th- one thing that sort of puzzles me, Alan, apart from, it be- apart from the fact that it's Dundee, is... If the man, if, if the relationship with the manager wasn't an easy one, and there was every chance of this happening, why don't they have someone ready to go? Maybe they do. Maybe George is about to get called away. <laughs> no, I, I think it would be I'd probably remiss to suggest they've not had. I mean, I don't yeah. want to accuse anyone of breaching contracts here. So, but I would say it would be remiss to suggest they've not had preliminary conversations with people. However, I think it would be disrespectful to Gary Boyer to basically have somebody ready to sign that contract before you had sorted. Well, they've done that before. I know. That's James McPeak. But it's yeah, I, perhaps. Perhaps in terms of how that played out PR-wise. They don't care about PR. <laughs> we found <laughs> that out yesterday. Which, which, uh, is, which is just as well. Yeah, I, I would be surprised. I mean, we can talk about why don't they have somebody ready to go instantaneously. And given the contractual situation yeah. of players, I do get why that would be useful. But I don't envisage them waiting long. No, I, I think... Yeah, yeah. I, think it, I think we're not suggesting this is going to drag for weeks. So I, yeah. I think we're talking about the difference of, you know having somebody in 24 hours after or having somebody in <laughs> 72 hours later that yeah, someone's, someone someone's coming week. I mean Ca- Callum Davidson's been strongly linked with the job and there's nothing to stop them uh, you know sounding him out mm-hmm. and uh, what I would say is we're, we're discussing there uh, making reference uh, alluding to the, the Mark McGee uh, yeah. situation that was a less complicated incoming. Mark McGee didn't have any ties to sort out, and we don't know what Callum's situation is. Should he be the chosen one yeah. with St Johnston in terms of tying up loose yeah. ends? And you know, there's 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 issues when managers are still on like gardening and leaving things. So. I go back to Ivan Golak. Ivan Golak remained a, a monthly paid employee of Dundee United. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. And that happens in football. People don't quite appreciate exactly. that. Although not, managers right. get their don't money, just get a lump if they get another yeah. job, that money can't stop because it's getting paid monthly. So, yeah. so That's, I mean, likes of Callum Davidson might have complications still. Mm. Exactly. So I don't think it's to suggest that Dundee have suddenly decided to sack him and, and don't have any backup plans. No. But as George will no doubt touch upon, um, it's just something that does need to get done pretty fast because the well, look, <laughs> I'm just yeah. looking at the out transfer out section in our notes today and it just says everybody <laughs> so, that pretty much, much sums up the, the state of the squad just yeah, at the they've got, um, did you forget their names John? it's just easier um, <laughs> there wasn't enough paper in the building I think the, the ones still in contract are Sean Byrne, Tyler French and Zach Rodden who's obviously still playing for St Johnston signed by Callum Davidson um, Actually, a special mention to Sean Byrne because having been, you know, snubbed by the manager, and that's the manager's right. So I noticed he was one of the after the captain lifted the trophy. <laughs> yeah, he was one of the first one to be handed the trophy, and he could have gone. Yeah. Oh no, you know, I don't want this. But he did his duty and held nah, it up to the just fans. Just going back to the, we'll touch on the game later, but it was a nice moment that uh, Boyer brought uh, Sean Byrne on late in the game, and I think mm. it was. Uh-huh. The fact that he knew that he hasn't been really flavoured the month with Gary, Gary Byrne, not because he's, he's got a hand or anything like that. I think he's that's acted, why he's acted, on, he's yeah. like a true professional. I think yeah. Gary Boyer appreciated that. You know, he could have threw the toys at the pram, he didn't. And it was it was a nice moment bringing them on for the last five they, minutes they, of the they, game. They, they yeah. I would have been better for my yeah. heart if he'd brought them on off for half an hour. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Screaming Cam- for a defensive <laughs> midfield. Cammy Kerr went on as well. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, it might have been a wee injury or just because Jordan Marshall was tired. But I think it was more to get Cammy Kerr on that yeah. pitch to be honest, to enjoy the moment. And he st- certainly did. I spoke to him after, it and he was absolutely buzzing. Yeah, so he should be a uh, game like me. But to but stick yeah, with the managers, yeah. on the, on now, the, who we're getting, George? Who we're getting? <laughs> Calm Davidson's the, the name in the frame at the moment. Um, and obviously. There's a few, even even there's in the championship, there's a couple of names that spring to mind, and aye. nobody wants to say them because the fans will go mental. <laughs> well, that's, but that's Billy Dodds has had a great oh, season. No. Can't be Calm Davidson. His name doesn't fit into it can't be Calm Davidson. His name doesn't fit into this song. I just want a mailbox. <laughs> we've got Calm Davidson. Yeah. Because we've go- got Calm Davidson. It just doesn't work. No, you know, it's no. got, so that's going to rule him out. Yeah, Nelms will have to take that into account. Tam's clearly trolling so that we can call this episode Billy Dodds for Dundee and just watch the numbers go through (laughs) the roof the episode that got me attacked in the street but he's done well and another one that another man that Dundee fans uh, love to hate for pure football reasons Dookie Emery's done a Dookie great Emery's. job at he's, Morton. He's been very, very nice on Twitter to Dundee. Yeah. He, has. Weeks, he, has done a, he has done a great... Uh, what I would say about Dookie Emery in particular, it's maybe a bit too soon. He's, mm-hmm. he's just finished yeah. his first season. I think Certainly worth what, consideration. Yeah. What, is, what our fans are saying, yeah. Callum Davidson had a great first season, but look at the next mm-hmm. two at St. Johnson. I think so. it'll certainly be somebody aligned with Gordon Strachan, I would say. This time, obviously, does that mean the same height, <laughs> same dress? Well, we See, talked a lot about Sean Maloney in this podcast last year, didn't we? <laughs> See, you've just uh, used that aligned word. So, what, what do you mean when you say it? <laughs> so, what do you mean? That's what he's told, <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> an anagram. We do, we do have recency bias in football, and it is, it is yeah. worth pointing that out. If Callum Davidson was just coming off the back of winning a double. Ah. And he was he available. Exactly. Well, of yeah. course, but he would be um, be parading from the rooftops as Dundee manager. So I, d- I do get why there would be a degree of scepticism, but I do think sometimes we're in danger of 
wiping people's mm. achievements off the map because they've maybe had tougher times more recently. And um, two trophies is an astonishing achievement, really is astonishing. And yeah. I, I have to have to say as well, when people uh, haven't said what I've just said, when, when people used to ask, what would really surprise punters about uh, football and Rather than go in the mess of boardrooms, I used to say, I mean, some of the some of the best managers that you, you you can imagine get to a situation at a club where you know they have to go. Yeah, and I mean, like Jim Goodwin's the recent example, but they can walk into another job weeks later and be totally back focused yeah. and controlled. But I've I've always had had this thing during my time in the game is, and and, and some of them I was friendly with. And you didn't dare say it to them. You knew they were finished because they just lost the plot at that mm -hmm. particular mm -hmm. club. Sometimes the and message that, stops yeah, sinking in. I, you know, that's the. I mean, that's a, it's a wider discussion for another day. But in twenty twenty three, modern footballers, does you know, two or three years in, does the message just stop yeah. sinking in? Do you just need a, a new voice, a new idea? And I think there's there is something to be said for that because maybe the, the messages and the methods stop sinking in at St Johnson, but they would be brand new at Dundee and perhaps they would have the same impact as they had initially at, at St Johnson. You mm -hmm. just you just never know. Every managerial appointment's a risk, but if you can come to me with a whole list of potential candidates better than Callum Davidson, I'd, I'd be happy to read it. There's a few names that have been mm -hmm. mentioned. Bobby Nielsen got mentioned <laughs> yesterday. Another yeah. one that would cause angst well, among the Dundee fans. You know, Robbie's got a record they're doing very well at clubs. He builds teams to win games he yeah. knows how to win games playing football he knows how to win games when it comes to the battle I think he'd beef up Dundee would, would the package of Robbie Nielsen and the backroom team be too big for Dundee in finance terms I was yeah, I was I wondering about I, that Robbie, yeah. does, Robbie doesn't take the Dundee job yeah. I don't no, think, I don't think so yeah. but I think it's, uh, understandably too, too big a risk it's too big a risk also I just don't I think he's, he, he's a manager that's repeatedly finished third in the Premier Division with yeah. a club that are best will in the world far bigger than Dundee. So just because he's recently been sacked, I don't think he becomes a realistic mm. candidate no, I think to he'll be Dundee be manager elsewhere. But uh, I mean, it's interesting. It, another thing that struck me is it a problem that they're going they're going through managers like no yeah, business I was thinking over the this. last decade, yeah. a, and a, a lot of guys that don't need a job right away might go well. It's not worth it. But I mean, the, yeah, I was thinking this just. That, just looking at the way they've handled this one and the way they handled James McPeak leaving and the way they've treated those managers in getting rid of them, there will be some managers who just go, nah, I'm not going to work for them. Yeah. And I think if you keep doing that, you get a reputation. Managers talk to each other. So... I've got to say, George, but I would counter that with the fact Dundee are a Premier League team. Yeah, but I still think... Have you out of work? Maybe. Have you out of work? I'm sure they'll be... The good ones, though. You put, your name, in, you put mm. your name in the hat for a job. Yeah, you know. maybe. And, and, and you work backwards from that. You get the job, and, if you, and maybe, maybe you struggle to work with the, with the people mm. above you, but at least you're getting a monthly wage. It also so. takes a bit of ego to be a manager yeah. at any yeah, sort, of course. sort of level. And a lot, I, I, I remember um, Jim McIntyre, before his unsuccessful spell, Jim McIntyre in... Well done um, for looking at it. He looked at Dundee and thought that that's a club that could actually be, you know, top six mm -hmm. every year if you get in there and lay the foundations and then, and are able to build on them in a period. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't daft. He wasn't thinking it was going to happen in six months. 
a lot of other a lot of other guys were like, nah, they've, they've sacked too many managers recently. Mm. So there, there, there will there will be good candidates out there, mm -hmm. and maybe to contradict myself, it's maybe a good reason not to appoint someone straight away. Give yourself two or three days just in case someone else... Because it is. It's got to be a cutthroat business. Yeah, if but I still think... They, they might have yeah. a manager lined up, but if somebody better picks up the phone and says, I'm interested, it's only right that they speak to them. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah. Maybe not look too far beyond Callum Davidson, I think. I think if he decides he wants it, I think it probably go, goes to him. You said that about Sean Maloney this time last <laughs> No, I didn't. I'm pretty sure I did. Pretty... No. Was it me? Yeah, I think it was I, you. Oh, was it me? Oh, well, you're getting the blame anyway. <laughs> but yeah. what happens has got to be done. It's got to be done quickly. So many players are well, the, the yeah. players are away on holiday now. Yeah, um, and obviously I'm really surprised. I mean, I was, I was I know, speaking to a few too. of the players. I was fortunate enough to be at the Invercast Hotel for the supporters' uh, presentation dance on on wasn't that presentation on Sunday. Um, I'm sure there's folk dancing, dancing on the, the table. Right? Dancing, exactly. It was a really good night, and I spoke to a few of the players, and each and every one of them. I spoke to asked about the contracts and uh -huh. they said they'd heard nothing, which yeah. I'm really surprised at. And I'm surprised that agents haven't been moving in and, and, mm -hmm. and kicking up a stink because if you're at a contract, that means that you are, there's a good chance by the end of this month. You don't have a job. You don't get a wage. Yeah. So the fact there's so many of them and there hasn't been any bothers, it always suggested to me that they'd been reassured somewhere down the line that these talks mm. would take place and, you know, or... That, that had been shown contracts or some of them had been shown contracts, this is what we are going to offer if we're in the championship or this is what we're going to offer if we're in the premiership, but there will be a contract on the table. And you think for some of us, it's, it's no-brainers that there will be a contract on the table because some of them are assets to that club. Yeah. And these are the ones that we need to get signed up very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's one of these things. It's, it's great being a fan again because hypocrisy is just part of your DNA. Because yeah. to me... They might have treated Gary Boyer badly, but if they knew they were going to treat him badly, they, sh they should have been in that dressing room on the quiet behind his back going, by the way, son, don't you worry, you'll get yeah. a good contract. And that, again, because they need a team. They need mm -hmm. a team yeah. for July. I, exactly. I mean, you don't want to be going in the new, the new season with an entirely new squad that would just be bonkers, really, if you... If you know the way teams work and, and trying to build a team, that's just yeah. not going to work. I'd also go back to the not-too-distant past when Neil McCann was boss and he, he, he didn't bring an entire new team in, but he brought in a swathe of new players and it just enforced New it, into the league as yeah, well. Yeah, it didn't work out for yeah. him. And, and while people will say, look, a lot of that Dundee team have been in the Premiership and, and, and were relegated not mm. too long ago, so we need new players... It's not an entirely new team we need. We need to sign up some of these guys now and then supplement it with, exactly. with yeah. half a dozen or yeah. half a dozen, maybe slightly more players who are going to come in and better that team. That's, yeah. that's the thing, you know. I think so too. But I actually, they haven't done that yet. It's funny you mentioned I bumped into Neil last weekend and had a wee chat with him. But I remember when he left Dundee, we had a disagreement. And in fairness to Neil, it, was, it remained amicable. But because I did a piece saying, if you try to make so many changes on the budget of Dundee, it doesn't work. And now, a team that's been mentioned of sorts already, Hearts have done that a couple of times, but again, they're at that level where they're, they're bringing, if you're bringing in eight players at Hearts, they're better players. Not, not hugely better players, not world-class, but there is, I just think at Dundee, if you're going to have, if you come in there as manager this week and think, 
I only want two of those players. You're going to have to keep four or five of them for oh, a yeah. season because you can't, on the budget, Dundee are going to have to have because mm-hmm. it's got, and, and in fairness to the owners, whatever criticism we'll have of them, they pay the bills and, and, and they keep the club going. But they're not going to spend £5,000 a week on a player. So you can't, you've got to, things have got to be a bit more gradual if you're rebuilding. So... Like you say, Bear, they, they, they can't yeah. bring in a whole new team, so I, I have to I, get some guys. I would, say with, I would say with Hart, a team like Hearts as well. You know, if they get a few of them wrong, the, the likelihood is they will stay in the Premier League at the end of the season. A yeah. poor season may be not finishing in the top six for uh-huh. us, although they have been in the Championship. Uh-huh. Of course, and not too distant past. Um, for Dundee to get it wrong, twelve months from now they're back in the Championship mm. again. And where do we go? I mean, that's a, that's the thing that the owners should be looking at. This is three promotions, I think, since since they've come in. Yeah. So they need, you know, the, the Americans always have a, the business model. We have adopted a lot of the, the American business model and, and companies in, in Britain in the recent sort of last couple of decades. The way things work in terms of how you go about things, you know, process things. They've got to be looking and saying, what have we done wrong in the last two promotions? Mm. You know, where have we got? Where have we gone wrong that we can go right, get it right this time? Because mm. as as we, Boyer pointed out in his after-match interview on the pitch, Dundee have to stop being a yo-yo club. It has to yeah. stop. And and they the have the you know the size of the club they are. They should be expected. I'm not saying they should finish in the top six, but they should keep their heads above water, mm-hmm. avoid the relegation places. That's what I'm saying. Before we move on, we'll have to mention the game last Friday. <laughs> yeah, of it course. was bonkers. I I'd, about I'd, it, I'd really. had people, I'd, I'd former colleagues and people down in England who I don't know how they managed to get the BBC Scotland <laughs> channel going some, some of them were not complimentary about the standard but they were all saying this is incredible entertainment <laughs> no, I was telling people this is what the championships are like every week they didn't believe me the championships really stepped up in entertainment over the last sort of couple of weeks basically the last two times Queen's Park have been on yeah. TV yeah, <laughs> after, after, so after a season of seemingly like turgid <laughs> nil nils, one nils yeah. and nil nils it's, they've just, it's like they've decided to go do you know what let's repay the loyal viewers <laughs> and just have a couple of absolute blockbusters because the game against Thistle was cracking the yeah. other night as well you could do, there's, they're very easy to well Queen's Park are a good team but they're they give you a lot of chances. Yes. I think Dundee were finally on their game taking chances. But you could see that in that game on Friday that Dundee, you could see how much it suited, it suited that team far yeah. better playing a team that plays against you rather than Cove Rangers who sit in or uh-huh. are both sit in and struggled against the teams at the bottom. And I, like I've said, I mean, I was screaming for Sean Byrne after mm-hmm. 10 minutes. <laughs> but was it a case of Gary Boyer knowing not opposition and... He, it was I a big gamble, but he yeah. said we're going to keep attacking because yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll score yeah, goals. Was, they, so. took a, they took a couple of big hits. One, I mean, they get their noses in front early, early on. Um, sensational equaliser, I've got to say. It's ridiculous. From yeah. is it Charlie Charlie Fox? Charlie Fox. Yeah. I mean, for a defender to be running away from the goal and turn and hook that into the top corner, I was standing right behind. I couldn't believe it ended up in the back yeah. of the net. It was just, and there was somebody beside me who was blaming Adam Lyons. <laughs> <Yeah. going>, you <laughs> know, <laughs> come on. It scraped the underside of the bar and the inside of the post going in. And then suddenly, within minutes, you're you're suddenly you're that not was, going up anymore. And aye, that was a mess. That yeah, it was a mess. They get themselves back into it. They get Another great finish, yeah. in fairness. And, yeah, get, and they, they take a hit right before half-time. It was over the 45, I think. And yeah. Great corner, though. It's a training ground move because it's not a floated corner. It's drilled in. Ryan Sweeney gets caught, you know, on his on his heels, 
Charlie Fox again. Now, despite what you say, I mean, he's given space, but he's still got to finish, and it's yeah, a terrific header right into the corner. Um, so that was another right before half time, but I think Gary Boyer got them in at half time and obviously told them, if we defend better in the second half, we'll win this game, and that's what they did. Mm. They did much better defensively. Adam Legson came up with a big save when he, when he had to. But they got the chances and, and, and took them away. A great goal from Lyle Cameron, who's been a star in the final six months of the, of the season. Really, really come on as, I mean, was he got just rewarded at the, the Dundee Supporters Association where he picked up multiple awards. First, first player to ever do that. Yeah, multiple, Club, three multiple yeah. awards. And, and to cap it off, we've spoken in the past on this podcast about Luke McCowan how he needs to show a more consistent level. He's going to be the player we all think he is. I think Luke McCowan's a terrific player, but he only plays one in every three games. He's, you could possibly say that was his best performance of the yeah. season against Queen's Park on Friday night. He was fantastic. Yeah. And he showed that he's got what he's got in his locker and the final goal caps it off. Where I've got to say, if I'm the Queen's Park left back, the last thing I'm showing him is inside on his yeah. left foot. He's, mm. he's got to come inside and, and force him. How much of a gap you leave down the right, you want him to go down the right-hand side, you let him inside, and he, and he curls it into the corner. What a finish. Well, he'd, he'd warned them just before yeah, with yeah. an even better run when he'd skinned a couple of boys yeah. and stuck it. He lashed that. Yeah. But this one, he steadied himself. Ah. And on that surface, you can't do that. Yeah. And he just passed it effectively. Passed but he, he, sta- he started at, uh, right before, even before it went 1 0. I, I noticed that he'd started right in his game. His touch was yeah. perfect. And yeah, he was I re- thought it was really a game sharp. that summed up Luke McCowan because despite the pressure of the, the situation, uh, and he's got time to think mm. about it. I thought when he got that ball, he's going to score here. Mm-hmm. In another game, because of the way he started the game, he would probably have cut out wide or something like that. It's it's just it shows it's a funny thing. Confidence is everything, but just the way he'd been playing in the game, yeah, you thought this is this yeah. is a great chance. I really believe in Luke McCown. I think he's, yeah. he's a terrific talent. I think he's got in him to be the same sort of player that Greg Stewart was I think he's a bit away from that yet he needs to add a bit of consistency to his game but he has the quality and he's shown that when Dundee were in the Premier League last time he got a few goals but he mm-hmm. has to add that consistency to his game he certainly has the quality there and, and you saw what Greg Stewart has gone on to do in his career I've got to say so that's what Luke McCowan should be striving to do going forward and he's a Dundee yeah. player of course <laughs> just, <laughs> just a, me- a mention for Zach Robinson as well obviously it's probably his last game for Dundee uh, it's his loan spell it's been Really good. Good to see him get a goal, but it, it was possibly one of the worst goals I've ever seen. <laughs> it was a scramble, wasn't it? <laughs> um, I, th- I think Marcel Oakley kicked it off him and it just bobbled over the line. It was it was horrendous. But he was. I thought he was really good. He could give him a torrid time up front and combined really well with Yukubiak. So you forget that Zach Robinson is only twenty. I know. I yeah. overlook you. You speak about the There's young the lad. young boys at Dens and you speak about you know Cameron and Mulligan and you know Sam Fisher, maybe Mark Sanderson. Never mentions Zach Robinson. Yeah, he's only twenty. He's got a great future in the game. He's, he's still got he's a bit been, of del- development yeah. to do. He's been linked to a few teams yeah. down, down south, one in Blackpool. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's r- strange that AFC Wimbledon, the, his parent club, they finished like 18th in League Two or something. Mm. A really poor season. I don't, I, it still a, seems a strange decision to me that they let him come back to Dundee, but Dundee made the most of it. I think yeah, he, he was really forward planning. They might get the benefit of him next well, season. I think they'll be selling him this summer, possibly. Really? I think so. I, I would say that would be a mistake. I think so too. But enough of Dundee, because elsewhere the battle goes on. Alan, the near-perfect weekend. You had one job, come back from Perth <laughs> with three points, and it was ruined. 
yeah, rubbish game. To be honest, it was just uh, the distinct lack of quality. Um, I think if that game gets played ten times, you could feasibly get a different outcome every time. It's uh, there was no dominant force in the team. There was no particular fluency to it, and when United played well for the opening 25 minutes they didn't score St Johnson had a period of pressure they did score and it was a game that had you know one goal win written yeah, all over it one scrappy goal you need to go back to 2015 for the last time that fixture was decided by more than one goal um, it's, it's always 1-0 0-0 nil, 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 or 2-1 um, so um, yeah scrappy but not not one that I'm running about with my hair on fire about it wasn't um, a distinctly poor result and even with 10 men United have a couple of chances Fletcher rattles the post in injury well, time effort that was. yeah absolutely and it was a couple of bright moments Rory, Rory McLeod played well when he came on Matthew Kudrow was bright when he came on you know little elements of positivity there that don't have me too fearful it doesn't feel like after you know three victories on a row it collapsed or there was complacency or there was anything kind of macro big picture problems it was just a, a fairly ordinary game where both sides weren't quite at it and one team narrowly narrowly emerged victorious but you know very recently Dundee United were four points adrift at the bottom mm-hmm. of this league and they're still outside the relegation zone albeit only one point ahead of Ross County ahead of the weekend now um, but when Jim Goodwin came into this job you would have bit his hand yeah. off to be where they are right now mm-hmm. and that'll be the the uh, sense of perspective that he'll be emphasising um, ahead of Ross County St Johnston away blip difficult team uh, to play especially under a new manager Stephen McLean they were always going to be fired up for that this weekend you know shaping up for a home sellout against Ross County slash the ticket prices this is when they need to show up this is when they need to get back to winning ways because losing is not something uh, you could bear thinking about at this mm-hmm. point right, that's, that's the thing and I, I thought I saw Jim Goodwin's after match interview and heard of, uh, another one he, he was very calm and you know realistic about it. He wasn't he wasn't panicking, which yeah. you wouldn't expect him because he's he's been great since he came in. And is it is it the case as well? Maybe the surprise is United won three games in a row. Yeah, I mean, it's pleasant as that, that is because of the season they've had to lose a game one nil away from home. Is hopefully not a disaster. Yeah, it would have been mad to for them to come out and slam the players, and you know there was no. Um, distinct, you know, lack of effort or anything. It just it didn't didn't quite click. It happens. I mean, everyone in this room has been, <laughs> you know, thousands and thousands of football Thousand. matches, and sometimes you're just not thousands of matches. <laughs> they go like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thousands of nothing games. It's just, you know, it's uh, it, sometimes it doesn't quite click, and you just move on with your life. It, it's just because United season up to this point has been so bad, and they're in such a perilous position that every defeat seems like a a, a big moment. But um, I would say, in terms of big picture problems, losing Charlie Mulgrew isn't. Uh, hugely positive clearly because yeah. uh, Charlie brings a balance and allows United to play a back four he uh, dovetails really well with Loikaina, a left footer a right footer allows them to play a four with a little bit of cover I'm not sure Aina and Ryan Edwards necessarily works as a um, with them both being so right sided so I, I remains to be seen but I wouldn't be surprised if Jim Goodwin goes back to a five because um, it allows them to keep that midfield 
three that's working so well mm-hmm. and McMahon, Edwards and Aina is fine as a three it's worked before this season it, that's what they played when um, in terms of shape when they beat Ross County 4-0 early, uh, sorry 3-0 earlier this season so um, uh, that's a, a conundrum that Jim Goodwin will need to solve because they've been okay with a four recently and he will be loath to change that shape but I think needs maybe must on this one and I think they were right not to appeal it because I think with the Aberdeen um, precedent being set recently, yeah. I think that could have been an extra game, mm. and you don't want to be losing Charlie for a, a couple of games. Um, so, um, I've got. Uh, I'm kind of funny with this uh, denial of a clear goal scored an opportunity. I don't know what the guys think, but I think it's it's one. It's a really weird rule in football because it's not factual. You know, most rules are yeah. are, are distinctly factual, but a clear goal scoring opportunity. But and we saw this with. Um, it should be though. It should be clear. I don't think that was clear. The problem is that's we could have a discussion all day long in terms mm. of what constitutes a clear yeah. goal scoring. Is Melker Halberg scampering down the left wing, even if there's nobody within thirty yards of him? Is that a clear goal scoring yeah. opportunity for Melker Halberg? Yeah. Mm. I mean, Not the convinced. guy. Got, I mean, God bless him, but he's not a pacey man. <laughs> you know, is so. Um, yeah, and then we saw, uh, I think, um, was it the, the Celtic Hearts game? Yeah, you I know, thought that was... Yeah. Again, and you're, really well, you could argue that he's going to get a can shot. We just, can we just say that Mel Halberg, though, it's not a goal-scoring opportunity because he would <laughs> never have scored was, from there. I was, but if it's Erling Harland, then you know it's a sending off because he would have went in and scored. But that's, but that that's kind of my point. Yeah. But yeah. that's, that's yeah. my point. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a, a completely non-empirical decision it's not factual it's kind of on a perspective and you could argue that a Celtic player in that position it was a clear goal scoring opportunity because he's, he's a Celtic player he's top quality oh. he could have scored whereas Halberg on the left wing you're going is he going to cut the goalie might make it it's just, so yeah. as I, also say, think, I also think as well when, when you're looking at and, and the freeze the frame and you see Charlie Mulgrew and he, he has he, he's clipped the boy again and he goes down and there's not another player in sight bar the goal yeah. but within a, f- a fraction of a second you know there's, there's players piling back so, but if you're looking at that in isolation yeah. you know, he's right through he's going to be a score here so Loika is an absolute whip as well yeah. You know, yeah. he, is a, he is fast and it's I know you know punters probably quite rightly because they always you know back their ex colleagues, but get frustrated when you know the referees do their um, features on Square Sky Sports News or, or BBC yeah. Scotland. And, and Stuart Dougal, I thought he did make a decent point when he said basically it is a red card in terms of the referee has made the right decision by the law, but fans you know could be within the rights to have a problem with the law, and that's uh, that's yeah, maybe yeah, where I'll land on it. He's last man, but like yeah. you say, you last just don't man. expect to go. And, and it, it, it does come down, and that's where it is. And funnily enough, they don't really like it, but that's where it is a bit subjective. Is yes. you're saying he's away out in the wing, mm-hmm. so we don't really care that Charlie Mulgrew's the last man. He's not going to score from out there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just from what you were saying, I, I remember a derby. You, I'm sure you were at it, at it where a few years ago where Martin Boyle got sent off for clipping mm-hmm. Stuart Armstrong, yeah. mm-hmm. and lots of Dundee fans said to me, "That's never a." That's never a red card. He was barely last man. There was mm-hmm. other, there, I mean, there was all about defenders all about mileage to go to the goal as well. To do. But Stuart Armstrong yeah. was in his pomp at United <laughs> and had scored about four goals in the previous month or so. Just bursting through, bursting yeah. through. And again, the referee, I totally understood because yeah. I thought that 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 was a goal yeah. coming. And the referee, you, you, events, previous events are in. The, were, I'm sure were in his mind, and he was thinking. Stuart Armstrong was going to score. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I was totally the opposite when I saw Mulgrew's head card. I thought, that lad, he, he, he didn't even... I'm not sure he had the ball under control. Yeah. Maybe Mulgrew's fault was 
he did lift his foot. Yeah, he did. Gave, yeah. gave the lad he made a sure he was taking him down. Yeah, he, made, he made sure he wasn't getting yeah. he, he wasn't getting a clean run. But uh, I was a, I was a wee bit surprised that United didn't That's appeal. But like you say, after the Aberdeen yeah. again, it's, read, it's yeah. reading the room almost. Saying, it's not worth the risk. Yeah, that's what Dundee fans have got to look forward to next season. Mm. I would say I as well, though, think I mean, about that. how much would VAR have stopped that brilliant game flowing on Friday night, Queen's yeah. Park yeah. against Dundee? When I'm sure there would have been every, well, a number of those goals would have had to be checked. It slows every, Maybe everything. that's the benefit of having that game at Oakleview because yeah. it was never going to have VAR. <laughs> no. <laughs> no one benefit. <laughs> There's nowhere to put it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's too but it's, um, you meant to stay with United, yeah. George. I mean, you mentioned it there. Fantastic effort from the fans last Saturday, two thousand seven hundred. Now they've um, there's two ways of looking at this. They're playing Ross County. United Tannerice is going to be three sides full, or Tannerice is going to be one side empty because <laughs> <laughs> Ross County just don't have enough fans. No, well, it, United don't care about that though. That's, no, that's good. no, neither they should. It it should be. Oh, well, I'm kind of looking forward to a really good atmosphere. I think. Um, I hope so. If if the team turn up, if 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 it's going to be a really bad day, then it might not be so good having three stands full. But um, it's such a big game, isn't it? You just look at that table. Ross County's win last week has caused a bit of a problem. I would say. Yeah, um, that was inconsiderate of them. Yeah. Um, so one thing about Dundee when they're at the bottom of the league, you can rely on them losing, <laughs> just, just losing games. Right. The, the atmosphere and, and home games um, yeah. since Jim Goodwin's come in has been really good, good. And, yeah. the, and the results, um, the, the players haven't shown any signs of wilting under that pressure. They lost the evening game against Aberdeen, atmosphere was crackling, but they played very, very well. Yeah, the I to that one, on the radio. You yeah. know, the 3-1 flattered Aberdeen yeah. beyond beyond a joke and um, home game against Livingston home games against Hibs you know there have been really good atmospheres mm -hmm. and good scenes during it and after the game and there's not been a sense of I think it's because it's that fresh start under the manager that I don't think the fans are inclined to get on the players backs yeah, yeah. the way that they might and would be absolutely entitled to do after the way this season has gone because um, that would be seen as a reflection on dissatisfaction with the, the manager and I think they're, the United fans are very much still at the stage where mm -hmm. Jim Goodwin gets unconditional support at this point because he has overseen quite a good uh, upturn in, in performances. So I, I would expect them to, uh, and even going back to you know games like AZ Alkmaar and things like that, you know, it's uh, United have and hammered Aberdeen earlier this season, of course, yeah, under yeah. the lights. You know, the, there's been some for a, for a pretty dire season. There've been some okay, mm -hmm. okay performances at Tannadice, and I look at guys like Aziz Behich and Stephen Fletcher experienced players that I don't think are going to shirk or wilt in the uh, when should, it's a, should be enjoying that exactly. Exactly. enjoy yeah. the atmosphere and it will be intimidating yeah. the United fans will make sure yeah. that it's intimidating for Ross County yeah. but County, County are used to being away from home with not too many fans cheering them on. used to be at oh, home with not too many fans. <laughs> well, absolutely, but uh, by the same token, they've been hopeless away from home. Yeah, that. I mean, so, uh, you know, the, until they beat St Johnston earlier this uh, year, they'd been on a woeful run. Um, and United's home form's pretty decent yeah. across the, across the, the season. Um, yeah, it's, it's home advantage. They have to they have to make it count and take advantage of that crowd because it's, it's such a big game. Looking at the other fixtures, Kilmarnock are at home which is always a benefit to them. Mm. They're home to Livy. And you obviously, just hoping... Livy are in that no-man's land. They oh, obviously right. got beat by County last week, and you just 
Yeah, they look that's like not a good fixture. That looks like that looks like three. Over. That's, yeah. that's yeah. Th- that I would I would bet my house on that being three points for Kilmarnock. Yeah. Unfortunately for United, so the the main thing is United do their business because, um, you know. To, County have played 16 games in the road. They've won three. Yeah. So yeah, there's no excuse to, to lose that match. And no. if they lose it and Kilmarnock were to also win, then the league table would look really, Bad. really alarming. So mm-hmm. um, it's... Would, it's would uh, a draw be okay, do you think? It, would, it wouldn't be a disaster. Mm-hmm. It, if, it wouldn't be a disaster if the, the first priority is don't finish bottom. Um, yeah. It's, but I would suggest I, I think people are calling it must win. I don't think it's necessarily yeah. must win at this stage because of the nature of the bottom three with everyone playing everyone. Um, I think that changes the outlook slightly. But it's absolutely one hundred percent much must not lose because not only in terms of what the league table could look like on Sunday, but the morale blow yeah. that that would be that would be a real wake up call and would get alarm bells ringing. And also, you wouldn't want to be sitting bottom of the table on the. You know, the after a, after a horrible result as the anniversary of '83 kicks in yeah, on Sunday, I, that would just be a horrible sort of juxtaposition, wouldn't it? Just just to build on your point there, I mean, obviously you would say an ideal weekend for United is a United victory and a Kilmarnock victory, but does a United victory and a Kilmarnock victory probably relegate? Olivia Pro- victory? No, I don't, we don't want a Kilmarnock no, sorry, victory. Sorry, I don't <laughs> yeah. know about that. You confused with the plastic pitches? <laughs> no shock. I'm talking nonsense. <laughs> no, a United victory. Um, United beat Ross County. Kilmarnock win. Lose. We want Kilmarnock no, no, to no, lose. No, no. Yes, we want Kilmarnock <laughs> to win, but my point being... No, we don't! <laughs> what, my, what's your point, Tom? What's your point, Caller? No, my point is that if Ross County are right, four okay. points okay. adrift... Uh, right, everybody. Right, again, okay. having just clawed it, clawed it back, if they're, if they're too good... Two wins away. Will that be the end of the road for Ross County? I would, I, I would suggest that psychologically, that's a huge ask to close that, a close a four-point gap yeah. twice. So, I mean, the big thing is United win, but whatever else happens, Ross County could could be finished this weekend. Yeah, I would agree. It would be lovely if Ross County were insurmountably bottom, and we could say United aren't going down automatically. But at this point in time. I think United should be looking to finish 10th and in order for that to be the case yeah. and we also want Kilmarnock to lose <laughs> if, to, if we get to a point where it becomes about avoiding to be clear my point is what I'm saying is <laughs> yeah. a United win and a Kilmarnock yeah, win yeah I know but it's not a Ross County uh, podcast you know, is it I don't care if they get relegated it's not absolutely the end of the world for United <laughs> no. uh, as long as they win yeah, yeah, that's uh, fair, yeah. There's, a, there's a plus there because like, you, like you've just said the one thing they don't want to be is bottom because bottom's the end of the season I think it's Take tough. A step at a yeah, time. yeah, I think you know the biggest thing on on Saturday at Tand is it's the overriding thing of the entire ninety minutes is going to be the pressure, the pressure factor mm-hmm. among the players. We've mentioned United, Aziz Behic, Stephen Fletcher. We know that yeah. these guys can handle that situation. We know where they've been and what they've done in the game. You know, playing it in that game at times on Saturday won't phase them. But there are another nine men on the pitch. Plus, plus Ross County as well, yeah. who will be feeling it just as just as much. I mean, they came through their own pressure situation last week. I expected them to win that game against Livingston, and they did. And I watched a bit of it. I didn't watch it all. I watched watched a bit of the highlights back. Because you're too hungover. Yeah, there was a bit of that going on. Um, and I've got to say, Ross County are Ross County. They're, they're incredibly direct. They've got big players. They get balls in the box. They've got guys like Jordan White. They've got big defenders, big midfielders. and they're, they're, It's not going to be pretty, but they'll put United under pressure. And United have to cope with that. But I do believe 
that United have more ability in their team than Ross County. Yeah. Um, I think it's important that the fans stay on side. Uh, you know, you always want things to go well for your team. You always want to go off to the best possible start. But remember, there's 90 minutes in a game. If they should go behind, that's when Dundee United will need their fans more than ever to back back their team to claw that back. But it's, it's who can perform best, knowing that whoever is sitting bottom on Saturday night, there's only three games left to save their skin term. Yeah, a wee worry for me would be the return of Simon Murray. Mm. <laughs> Pace and an eye for eye for goal. But that said, Alan, is it a case that I mean Jim Goodwin's message to his players, if you do your jobs properly, you win this game? Yeah, and United have dealt with pacey players um, uh, in recent games. I don't think, uh, I mean, famous last words because we know how football narrative works <laughs> and, and a Simon Murray goal would be incredibly predictable. But from a purely footballing perspective, Dundee United with the pace of Loic Aina and the overall quality of the team should be able to handle Simon Murray. He's a player that is playing for Ross County for a reason rather than still being in the top half of the, of the Premiership. So as I say, you know, Footballing gods will probably mean that he scores a hat trick because that's how this stuff works. Yeah. But well, knowing Simon, he won't feel the pressure. Yeah, I no, I think it's just not, I, it's I, not I, a word that's in his vocabulary. No, no. Yeah, I, if Dundee United lose the football match, then a large portion of it will be their own fault rather than being yeah. Ross County. Ross County are a decent side, but man for man, 11 for 11, they are not as good as Dundee United. Um, so, any other time of the season, you're not really thinking about anything else in the home win, are you? No, and uh, the games, you know, the games have been very strange this season in terms of, uh, you know, County have taken a battering at Tannadice and United have taken a battering at Dingwall, and the game obviously cost Liam Fox's his job, and they'll be hoping for it. It's a, it's a bit more like that game at Tannadice, which they can draw a lot from, but there's also an element of drawing upon that game that uh, they lost four 0 and mm. saying. Do you know what? There's a wee bit of personal pride here to be addressed because that was, you can put Alkmaar and Celtic in the bin, that that was their worst performance this mm -hmm. season. I've seen every one of their games this season. And at Dingwall, it was, the performance was a disgrace. It was, um, I don't know what had gone on in the lead up to it. I don't know what went on on the day, um, but it was dire. And in the aftermath, Fox gone, Ashgar gone. It was a landmark yeah. bad day and there should be a lot of proud professionals in that dressing room that want to put that right and this is a, a golden opportunity and uh, a kind of the perfect fixture to um, go from the low point of the season to a potentially one of the, the high points in, in front of a, a packed Anadice and, and to climb that bit closer to safety and back just to be aside here just you mentioned them Alkmaar now it was a it was a terrible night over there, but uh, I fear a wee bit for West Ham this evening. Because Altmar, I, I watched a, a, another one of their games in this Euro Europa Conference, whatever it's called, George will tell me later. They're, they're actually, they've proved to be a decent team. Nobody should lose 7-0 to them, but they're a, good, they're a good team. So the fact that United got beat by them, and it was quite a comfortable night for the Dutch, mm -hmm. isn't a huge surprise as it turns out. But... Uh, Alan, you might we've, we've mentioned already uh, Charlie Mulgrew's missing, and you've you've had a couple of permutations. But I mean, you've been speaking to Paul Hegarty. Where, where else do they need to look for a centre half? <laughs> I think we could have registration issues. I, I, said that. I think he's 
He has a free agent, so we might be able to get him down. He hasn't fine Nick, you have to say. He's, uh, he's, he's trim and enjoying life and uh, clearly clearly looking after himself. But no, absolute pleasure. I think it's, it's a difficult one this anniversary because it, it is difficult to luxuriate and focus too much on it because yeah. th- you... It can be in danger of losing focus of what is the most important thing right now, which is Dundee United could be relegated this season. You know, that is what needs to be the entire kind of focus. So I guess fans are in this middle ground of not wanting to <laughs> be too celebratory about the past. And it would just be nice if, if United can get a posit- positive result on Saturday and that allows them to... Because there'll be a lot of reminiscing, there'll be a lot of you know pieces to read and footage to watch when Sunday does roll around and... Or that not, would, as the case may be, yeah. Bear. I, I don't know about you, but I, I, 40 years on, I'm still hurting think, from that day. I think I went home and closed the curtains for the weekend, Tom, and that was it, you know, yeah. lights out. Yeah. But that, I went out, I was like, oh, <laughs> I know, nobody's making me stay in. It would be extremely bittersweet if they were to be, you know, reminiscing yeah. on that footage yeah. and having just lost to Ross County to go bottom of the league. So, um, uh, not, <laughs> I, I imagine in terms of the players' duties this weekend, that's probably quite low in the priorities, but that is uh, one of the things that they need to do this weekend is make sure the fans are able to enjoy that 40 years on celebration um, uh, without worrying too much about what things are happening in sort of the contemporary game but yeah as you say there's the other side of the street might might enjoy that so um. yeah but I mean realistically I mean obviously I was being frivolous when I was suggesting su- suggesting that Heggie could play because he probably wouldn't, wouldn't last more than 70 minutes these days but you could do his voice in the dressing room before the game, couldn't you? Because there, there was a man who I think he would have won uh, games he, he and drove others have, on. He would have relished a game, a game like this, uh, especially about County being direct, because he was one man that oh. was always up for, for 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 a challenge and won won most of his aerial battles anyway. Um, but yeah, in in terms of sort of you know his leadership qualities, and that's what United are going to need as well. As much as ability, they're going to need leaders on the park. To, to, to drive the team forward and, and to make sure that the, the players are, you know, do what they're good at. You know, don't get mm-hmm. too uptight to the point that you're not actually showing your true ability in the game, that you're not putting a foot on the ball, you're not getting a head up, you're not looking for the pass that's going to open that county defence. Because if it goes back to front for, for, from both teams, and I would put my money on county coming out on top, yeah. you need have got to show their ability to get down the size and get balls into the box and, and, and you know... That, that's where United have been getting their goals. What I would say defensively, I know they got beat against St. Johnson, but in recent games, they've, they've, they've tightened right up at the back. They're not giving teams nearly as many goals as they were. They're not giving away daft goals that they were earlier on in the season. So I would, I would bank on them again to go out and do that and then trust the players that you've got in the, at the top third of the park to, to get you the goals that are going to win you the game. It's funny you should mention what would Paul Hegarty say in the dressing room because I was lucky enough a couple of months ago to be at the the Dundee United Supporters Foundation showing of uh, Smile at the Rep and Mm -hmm. um, they had the Dode Fox podcast special afterwards and they had a a, a fantastic lineup of legends and one of them included Paul Hegarty did a QA and a afterwards and one of the fans was understandably it was a bad time at that point in terms of the league campaign uh, asked you know what what would you what would you do with this squad what would you and his response was fantastic it was like a team talk it was great mm-hmm. and and the thing that's really interesting in hindsight so many things that he suggested that were needed to yeah. get this team firing again 
are exactly what's what, what has occurred. And one of them was be more aggressive, direct, get down the sides and whip balls into the box. And he acknowledged, you know what, that might sound old-fashioned, but it's not easy. You know, there no. is a skill to that. There is a effectiveness that's worked in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Modern football isn't that different. It can be, but certain things still work. And one of those things is getting the ball wide, getting the ball yeah. in the box, causing havoc, playing at a high tempo. And he was so passionate in saying those things and the fans were loving it. And now you kind of fast forward it and you can kind of bet looking at that Dundee United team that Jim Goodwin's repeated a lot of these, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that those mm -hmm. philosophies. Um, and... Yeah, it's uh, it just goes to show, you know, it's not just a, you know, somebody reminiscing about the glory days. Paul Hegarty, fine coach, you know, and uh, and he, it's. Um, Hi. And uh, by the way, if the opposition got the ball wide and whipped it in, Heggy would love that too. Because mm -hmm. unbelievable. Were you surprised meeting him, you know, face to face, that he isn't the biggest in the world? <laughs> but he was incredibly strong in the air. Yeah, uh, well, it's hard to tell because he's 68 now. So uh, <laughs> I'd imagine he's probably even... Uh, I mean, uh, he, he probably could still give me a right hook, so I'd be careful what I say. Uh, he's, he probably lost a couple of inches even from then, you know, at, at that age. <laughs> so it's... Uh, but um, today, probably only the Man United manager would look on him as a <laughs> Yeah, very true. But he, he, I never saw anybody get the better of a Mariel. No, you're, you're he fantastic. was so strong Fantastic spring. And as he proved by scoring the amount of goals that he scored, I mean, he obviously started off as a striker. Yeah, he came to United as a striker. Was, he was converted by Jim McLean to a defender, and uh, yeah, he was a fantastic, fantastic player, a fantastic leader on the park as as well. And uh, yeah, United are going to need that on on Saturday. You know, there's no doubt about that. And I've got to say, we speak about we speak about Paul Hegarty. He had one of the greatest players that Scotland's ever produced alongside him. Yeah. And and Davy Neri. So it's not just one man. And I would say that on Saturday for you, it's not just about yeah. uh, whoever's whoever's playing the like a unit. It's the whole backline. It's the whole team functioning together. They've all got to be as one on Saturday against Ross County. If they win this one, are they now at worst looking at a playoff? You would hope so. Uh, a four-point deficit, as it would be between United and County, would be a lot to make up with only nine points to mm. play for. And what I would say is, you, you get into the weeds a little bit like that with this, but United's goal difference minus 23, Ross County's minus 22. If United were to beat County, you'd then be in the realms of, mm -hmm. um, you know, how much would that goal difference swing, which could also be vital. So you, potentially you'd be looking at a four-point advantage with nine points left to play for and United having the benefit of goal yeah. difference. So um, that's a circuitous way to avoid saying yes because it could come back <laughs> to bite me. But you would think that... you would think that if And Kilmarnock at home, which is surely three points guaranteed. Right, let's, let's, not, let's, not be, let's, let's, let's not be silly on myself in there. But it's... Uh, yeah, so you would think that that would be enough to avoid finish bottom, which... Um, as I say, that doesn't feel like an achievement now because the recent form has yeah. got you thinking United can finish 10th. Yeah. So just, just avoid Well, we were looking at 9th last week. Yeah, we exa carried away. Ex exactly. While you were getting your car fixed, we were we were heading for <laughs> Europe with United. Yeah. So uh, while uh, just finishing 11th actually now doesn't seem like that much of an achievement, uh, if you'd said when they were four points behind following counties win at St Johnston... Um, which was very recent, we can forget, um, that would have been an achievement. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
yeah, it would be a big step in the right direction, and uh, it's hard to kind of overstate how how big this game is this weekend. And to round this week off with a sort of overall look at the picture, you and I in particular, Alan, have said this before, but you really, really strongly fancy the Premier League team to stay up in the playoffs this year, don't you? No, no offence to clubs that have had very, very good seasons, but... I would think... So I'm just looking at, at Queen's Partner. I've always said, free from the, the off this season, Queen's Partner are a very good football side, and you've seen that. But I'm looking at every team in that championship simply can't defend. Probably. Yeah, they lose mm. goals, don't they? And over the course, of, three, over the course, of, 100, over the course of 180 minutes, you would bank on the, on the, on the Premier League side to, to, to keep... Score goals, yeah. They keep, give you chances, keep, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Their own defensive situations in, intact and go up the park and get chances. Yeah. I and that's, that's where I, that's I, I totally agree. And also with the fact that as well as having a, a squad that's conditioned to top flight football for the whole season, the manager that's going to be in that playoff is either going to be Jim Goodwin, Derek McInnes or Malky Mackay. Proper managers that will know how to mm-hmm. set up a team, mm-hmm. will have the players to set up a team and you can't imagine, and that's no disrespect for the managers in the championship, but they're working with the players they have when they try to defend properly or when they try to set up. Those experienced managers should have the squads to be tight at one end and take advantage yeah. of the frailties of the I championship side so. at yeah. the other. Yeah, I mean, if it's Queen's part, they will be quite open. They've still got because they only came up last season from League One, they still have League One players in, in yeah, their squad are, as well. Yeah, they are working progress. Yeah. And Air, Air have been up and down, they started yeah. great, and they have a goal scorer, which is is a, an advantage for them. Um, Partick, not so sure what week to week which Partick turns yeah. up. So. I'd, say th- I'd say Thistle were the team that, if you were to take it completely neutrally, would be the one to be feared because there's momentum there, and yeah. Chris yeah, Jones done a wonderful the job. They've also, got a few, they've also got a few players that have. Dangerous top flight yeah, yeah, but mm-hmm. for, in, in my view, I just don't think it matters. I think if you finish mm-hmm. fourth or third, you're not coming up. I, I just think that the the system is so rigged in favour of the the Premiership yeah, team. Yeah. If you were to finish fourth oh. and, or third, that fatigue just catches up with you. If you're if you're playing a Derek McInnes Kilmarnock team, and it's your sixth game, <laughs> and I, thought, I mean, you're you're not beating them. You're just you're just not. So I don't. I think you can discount the teams that finish third and fourth. It's you're only like, it's only air, and I just don't think air have got the players. To be brutal about it, I think you mentioned the calibre of the managers. And we can't forget Owen Coyle, and that's no disrespect to the other managers because they're just finding their way in the game. But so the, these these experienced managers, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a Premier the, the, the team finishing tenth, actually setting up slightly more defensively, just on the basis of the don't do anything silly because you'll get chances. Yeah, mm-hmm. there will be. Ch- you don't have to. You don't have to take ri- huge risks against Air Patrick or. Queen's Park to get chances the chances will come so back back your strikers to take them mm-hmm. when they yeah. come and I think it is and that and as you say is so it's so geared towards the Premiership team playing up sometimes it's not worth watching and on that note <laughs> of silence that's all for this week if you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice. Or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door.